Good morning. We're so glad that you could be with us today. Today I'm going to be continuing our Anchored series. The idea behind it is that uh, we really want to invest in our personal walk with Jesus to consider how we might develop that and invest in that. There's a number of disciplines and a number of practices that we would do well to encourage ourselves to consider. And when it comes to discipleship and the rhythms of our lives, it's often um, can be considered there's three areas that we might look at. There's the inward, the outward and the corporate. And today I just want to pick up on another of the um, outward ones. And I want to focus specifically on simplicity. But before I do that, though, I've had a few conversations with a number of you that has prompted me to want to share uh, just more widely some resources that you might find helpful as we really press into being anchored. We want to invest in ourselves. We want to seek to grow and to develop. And so over the next few weeks, I'm just going to share a few resources that I think might be helpful. This isn't a sales pitch. You know, it's kind of take it or leave it, but I think some of you it might be helpful and a number of you have asked me just to share a bit more widely. So I'm going to do it in three parts. Uh, this week I'm going to look at some kids resources, next week some vineyard resources and then the following one some more widely. So just to say with the kids, I think we have an opportunity to shape and to share and to invest in their lives. And that is a huge responsibility. I often think uh, they could and quite easily and there's nothing wrong with it in many ways just read quite random books and that's all well and good but we want to also have a focus on their discipleship how are we investing in them um, we often say uh, that Jesus lives in us and we've said it so many times that our children the other day were were having tea and Liv who's four she said as she's eating her tea she's like oh my food is going to be with Jesus and uh, it just made me laugh but it also made me think you we've got to shape we've got to disciple we've got to keep speaking in truth and hope so let me just share a few resources you might find helpful I think the younger ones is kind of easy you can get get hold of anything like I've just gone at the minute um I've just got Liv a new sticker book all about Easter I've got her a little storybook um, called the, the Day the Earth Shook, again about Easter, just trying to focus on the season and the moment. Uh, we've got her a little, um, there's a whole range of little guidebooks about different aspects of Jesus. Um, we've got her an age-appropriate Bible that just takes her through some very basic stories and an overview of, of Bible concepts. Um, Sophie's obviously a bit older. Some of you will have slightly older children. Just thinking through what are the, how can you grab hold of discipleship, particularly now we don't want to just leave it to the kids team. We've never wanted to do that. We want to find ways as parents or grandparents or even outsiders to that to invest in the children. Um, we've recently got Sophie, this, this little book is called The Radical Book for Kids. Really probably aimed at six plus is about the roots of faith living out a radical faith for Jesus um, Louis Giglio I know has also created a number of resources that are really good just for shaping their minds disciples discipling and probably focus more around uh, like the devotional kind of lifestyle there's another one I'd say this one you probably um, is more targeted at nine nine plus but I wouldn't go below that but it's called um growing up God's way this one's for girls they do a, a boys version as well but really speaks into emotions and biology and just allows you as a parent to walk alongside them through that life stage um with some of the core questions that they might be asking but that is not one that I'd just let them read you want to have read it yourself um 
The other one that I'm doing currently um, is, I read this when I was younger myself, but it's called, um, you'll have heard of Pilgrim's Progress, where they do a version that is called the Little Pilgrim's Progress, which is a bit more accessible for younger ones, probably around seven plus, I'd say. But personally, I am loving reading this book myself, but every night I read a couple of chapters with Sophie. There's like 80 odd chapters in it, so it's quite quick and easy to read. But I found through the narrative of the story, she's discovering things, but we're then also able to really discuss and understand just the concepts, the wider understanding of the gospel, and we're speaking in such truth. It's really, really a good read, that is. Um, but just to say more widely, I think, um, <clears throat> I've not actually read this myself, but it is good from what I've seen of it and heard of it. It's called Bumps, Babies and the Gospel. If you are... Um, pregnant, if you're moving into that stage or season of life, it can be all-consuming, life-altering, and you want to be preparing your heart for what that is, ensuring that you'll have foundations and roots for it. Couldn't recommend that one more. There's then also a book called um, Survival Tips for Mums. Again, a life stage that can grab you and can be um, quite all-consuming. You want to thrive in early motherhood. Uh, we're in a pandemic so on top of the usual challenges that you can face around the mental physical and spiritual health we want to feed into our souls and not be people who pull out or pull back or become isolated but actually have invested in our lives and the development of that and then able to reach out as a platform to others around us so all great i could share more if that's helpful just thought i'd mention it from the context of the kids next week we'll expand that a little bit more um <clears throat> but Proverbs 22 verse 6, direct your children in the right path and when they are older they will not leave it. We want to feed our souls but we want to feed their souls and I'd encourage you don't just let it happen, don't just presume it will happen. We want to be intentional and to invest in their roots. So if they don't currently or you haven't already explored what is it for them to have an age appropriate Bible, I'd encourage you to consider it and you probably every few years have to review what that is. But I hope that's helpful. We want to create pathways for our children as well as us to drink deeply as well. But today I want to look at simplicity. Can I um, just say that for uh, about the last eight weeks the car battery on our car has been flat. Now initially I just jump started it. I've got one of those little jump starter packs for a number of reasons. One is I love drama but also I love helping people so when you combine the, combine the two people often say they phone me up and they're like Paul I've broken down and I'm like brilliant. I am your man. I love I love that kind of thing. Yes we can help you. We've got this jump starter pack but also it's been a great way just to build relationship with people to serve them in a point of need. So even our neighbours I'd say they know we've got it and we'd, we'd help them things like that. But anyway here I am needing it myself. Now a wise person would use it once and then would think about or consider getting a new battery. Um, but not I, because I'm probably too stubborn among other things. But anyway, I did my research and I was like, I looked at the cost and I was like, sack that. After a while of using the car, the battery's going to recharge itself and I'll, I'll just limp it on. But we're in a season where we're barely using the car because we basically kind of, like you all, like drive nowhere. And um, so it's not happened. So after about eight weeks, I did the research, I bought a reasonably priced battery and I fitted it in about 15 minutes saving us uh, more money actually than we paid for it by doing it myself. 
to which then I told Steph and Sophie multiple times a day for about a week, did I tell you I saved more money doing it myself than we paid for it just for the battery? And, and even Sophie's like, yeah, yeah, you did, like three times just today. Um, but anyway, you know, it fascinates me, firstly, how stubborn I am, but secondly, how moments like that can cause you just to ponder something bigger in life. Most people would have changed the battery straight away. I did it after eight weeks. When it comes to being anchored, a lot can happen over a period of time if we neglect key disciplines and behaviours and slip into a routine of not reflecting or considering what they are. Can I, can I encourage you to consider and to pay attention and to pay close attention to the health of your soul, to the health of your relationship with Jesus? Don't leave it until the battery's flat. Don't leave it till it's right at the end of its tether. Invest in the health of the relationship with Jesus. Invest in your soul as soon and as quickly as you can. You know, I've talked the last few weeks about some of the things that anchor, as I mentioned a moment ago, about the inward, the um, the the outward and the corporate. And we've, as with anything else, some of what is on the inward is going to have an effect on what becomes the outward. Whilst I could say simplicity actually is an outward behaviour, in many ways it is, but actually it's affected by the other things I've mentioned in previous weeks. What we um, invest on um, on the inside, often the, the unseen things. And in our current culture, which imposes so much on us, which in so many ways is so frantic and complex, it's so busy and without even realising, often it just absorbs us. You know, years ago, before emails, people weren't as contactable, but now it's like we work all hours and are always accessible in all these different communication channels and mechanisms. And we can end up acting and doing things that if we step back and thought about it, we might not, if we'd actually taken time to consider the impact and the influence that it has on us and who we want to be. We have this ever-increasing consumption in our lives of stuff and things that can overwhelm us and overwhelm our roots and the core of who we're called to be. We can just start to hold tightly to things in a way that impacts our judgment and affects and alters our decision making. Matthew 19 verse 16, I'd encourage you to read it, but it says this, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which one, the man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honour your father and mother, love your neighbour as yourself. I've obeyed these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. I'm not for one minute trying to judge people who have an abundance of things. Creation is good and creation is to be enjoyed. We, we have many things. We have many things that we need and we have many more things on top of that. We have many luxury things. But I think the principle is this. We should be willing to give up 
anything. That is the kind of attitude that doesn't allow anything to come between us and God. How many times do you see people's decisions or actions dictated by what they have or what they believe they need to maintain? Psalm 62 verse 10, and if your wealth increases, don't make it the centre of your life. Philippians 4 11, not that I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. You know, do you have a craving to constantly have more? Do you have little and worry about that? Whether, you know, I'd say without a doubt that can be a burden as a season and as a time. But we, we have to come to find a place of trust and freedom in that. Do you have a lot? And even with what I'm saying and said so far, does that just stir in you a sense of guilt? Honestly, I don't think this is about guilt. That's not what I'm trying to drive at or say. It's not what we have. It's what we do with it. Luke 12, 16 says this, and he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced many five fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheats and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my good friend, you have stored enough away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you've worked for? Yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. There's a danger that we land on just seeing this as a, as a money thing. It can certainly be seen that way, and I think it's helpful to reflect on it that way. But this week, I've spent some time asking myself, what am I hoarding in the barn? What am I not sowing and what am I not investing in the kingdom? Great question, I'd say, to ask yourself. Do you have things that you're not sowing and sharing or that you are and it's sparingly and it's reluctantly? Are we hoarding things into the barn? Romans 12, 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to be encouraging others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take your responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I want to ask you in the mindset of simplicity, what has he given you? You know, has he given you a gift to bake? Then bake. Has he given you a gift to encourage others? Give it all you've got. Has he given you creativity, hospitality, fundraising, business leadership? Do you have a trade? Do you have time? Are you, are you a mum with young ones at home? The power of investment in that season can be quite remarkable. Take the responsibility that he's given you seriously of what he's given to you. Now, if there's one thing that I can guarantee, he has given you things to give and to release to others. And there'll be a number of things that he's placed on you to invest in others. And we're a body. 
and the life and the function that we have and we're at our best and we flourish at our best when we give what we have and we see it multiplied among us. Most of us, though, I, I dare say often would just not have taken time to sit back and reflect on, on about simplicity. The concept, I think, directly challenges some of our cultural and believed norms and security. It's funny, it's often, I would say, for Steph and I, when we've taken our greatest risks in life, that we've seen the hand of God in the most profound and miraculous ways. It's when we realise we're not dependent on ourselves or our things or our whatever it might be, and we go, God, our faith and our trust is in you and you alone. It's when we stick to ourselves that in those seasons it can feel a bit more mundane and it's healthy to challenge ourselves. It's healthy to consider our desires and our thought processes. Let me, let me just give you an example of that. You will know um, <clears throat> because you've been part of it, but 422 has been a challenge. We went on this journey of daring to believe. We took a step of faith as individuals, but also as a church, and we could have fallen flat on our faces. And if I'm honest, it would have been worth it regardless, because you don't see the miraculous if you're not willing to risk your stability and or your pride or many other things to, to see God move. So anyway, over the last few weeks, I just wanted to say and celebrate and take a moment to do that and thank God and see the provision of God that we've really started to see it happen because what he orders, he pays for. You know, the, the, the fire alarm and the security alarm, the guys doing the work are going to do it at cost price. A significant number of grants have started to flow in, not without hard work, but the hard work has paid off and the Lord is certainly opening some doors of relational and financial favour around that. He's paying for what he ordered. Um, there's also one really quite major and significant grant that has been negotiated where they became slightly hesitant because we didn't have disabled access from the ground floor to the first floor. But rather than pull out, they decided to give more money to cover the lift rather than pull out or try and incorporate it within. They said, we're going to give you extra. And not just that, they felt the same about the basement and the same thing happened. They like, we're going to give you more to enable you to do this. Now, we will have a head. I hope and I pray and I long for it because it's the people we're meant to be on a mission rather than maintaining. We will have other huge steps of faith to take and we still do now, but our eyes remain on the Father, not on the obstacles or the challenges. All the time that we're willing to keep sowing and investing in the kingdom and not keeping anything in the barn, I believe that the Father will continue to raise people, connections, leaders, finances and the passion and the faith to keep stepping out and stepping in. That's just one example. There could be many, many more, but we, what, what does this really boil down to? What am I trying to say with some of this simplicity stuff? Well, you could probably stick it in a sentence and say, seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <laughs> that, you know, that final bit is quite helpful, isn't it, in a time like this about worry, I think. Don't worry about tomorrow. We're in a time where so many people are worrying about tomorrow. Seek first the kingdom above all else, above anything else. I think that we have to go deeper 
than just reflecting on simplicity as things. We've got to look at the heart, what drives us, what shapes us. Is it pride? Is it the identity of career or parenting or the identity of finance or health? What is the driving force and the driving factor of who you are and how you live? The Bible's so clear, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. When that's first, everything else falls in line and finds its place behind it. When everything else is first, the kingdom of God becomes crowded out and becomes secondary. Remember the analogy I gave a few weeks of the, the table tennis balls and the, the, the stones and the sand. If everything else goes in first, you're, you're pushing out, you're crowding out the things of the kingdom. To put God first in your life, to fill your thoughts with his desires, to take his character as your pattern for living, to serve him and obey him with everything within you. That's what we're called to. What's really important to you? People, objects, goals, you know, desires, all these things will compete for the priority of your lives and any of them can quickly become most important to you if you don't actively choose to give God first place in every area of your life and once you've done it do it again and review it and do it again because it very quickly and easily starts to slip as I read earlier Philippians 4 11 now sorry not that I was ever in need for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I've learned how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When we have that kingdom first mindset, when we find fulfillment and contentment in him and him alone, that's when and that's where we find strength. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When our hope and our first and foremost understanding is in him, that's where the strength flows. That's when we don't have a need to worry about tomorrow. Now, I'm, I might be totally, totally wrong with what I'm about to say, but I just want to take a risk just in case, because I think for some of you this might stir you. But last week I was unpicking this knot uh, in one of Sophie's necklaces and honestly I'd, I'd worked on it for what felt like forever and I'd got a couple of calls I was on and whilst I was chatting away in the background I'm just unpicking this thing and I'm still doing it into the evening and sometimes you think you kind of get in there and you're nearly there and then you, other moments you're like gosh will I ever do this thing is this ever going to happen then I got down to one knot and I think I'm getting there and then that one knot became you know, like one of the most hard parts of it and that went on forever and then I got that out and finally I'd done it and then about two days later she brings me another one and it all starts all over again and I, I just feel like, I might be totally wrong, I feel like today, this moment, this was going to speak to some of you, that you feel like the necklace. There's just so many knots, there's so many twists, there's so many current burdens and pressures and anxieties and vulnerabilities and in so many different areas and ways and just things even of yourself and your own life where you're like will I ever can I ever where is ever hope or life or freedom or will I ever get out of not regardless even of covid and move out of the the place of the burden and the baggage that you feel you carry you feel at times like you're getting there and then other times you're like why do we even bother can I even carry on? Well, honestly, I, I want to say this is what we do 
we plonk ourselves, plonk ourselves, sorry, that's probably not the best phrase, but we kind of plonk ourselves, because I can't think of a better word in the moment, before Jesus, and we say, help, 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 help me. Jesus, help me. We seek first the kingdom. We don't worry about all of the other stuff. Don't worry about all of the knots, all of the twists, all of the turns, all of the impossibilities, all of the things that humanly you don't have answers or solutions for, all of the surface or the buried pain that we don't ever seem to be able to move past, all of that, all of the knots, they'll, they'll change in time. But the, for now, the most precious thing that you could do is set your eyes upon Jesus. Seek first the kingdom and in him and from him you will find the strength you need to do it. But what about, what about, what about? That's all secondary. Eyes on him and him alone. Keep it simple. Keep the main thing the main thing. And and just to, to reassure you, I don't think the, 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 there'll be many better analogies of what I just said, but and even to this, but, you know, as a church, as a movement, I believe that we're kind of chain and pickers, if I can use the analogy of the chain, where it had knots. We we don't go, oh, do you know what? Sack it. That one's just too hard, too far, too many knots, too many twists. <sighs> Move on. We, we, we don't do that. There's no greater delight than seeing people come as they are but see in the face of Jesus belief and hope and that they would start to believe again and if they can't that we would believe on their behalf Philippians 1 6 and I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue it that work until it is finally finished on the day where Jesus Christ returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about you, for you have a special place in my heart. If you can't believe it, I believe it, and we believe it over you. If that just feels too much of a knot, too much of a chain, well, I'm like, we're going nowhere. Can it be messy? Yeah, it really can. Can it be painful? Goodness me, absolutely. That'll be the testimony of my own life. Can it lead to misunderstandings in the world and among us and the odd clash? Yeah, absolutely. But if we weren't a mess, we wouldn't have needed a saviour. And we are. And we do. Romans seven twenty four. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 8, just straight after that passage, goes on. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that leads to sin and death. That, can I speak that hope and that truth over you today? If you feel in a knot and in a mess... Let the power of the life-giving spirit speak freedom over you. Now, I'm, I'm slightly in danger with this talk of just confusing you, I think. I've kind of said a lot, but not necessarily given you anything to hang your coat on. Because the challenge is, if I overly define simplicity, I narrow down the potential of how the spirit might want to challenge you or shape you individually. Or you might start to see certain things I could mention as legalistic when I don't think it needs to be that. But let me just finish by saying this. 
I want to try and end by giving you just a quick couple of principles that I hope will be good pointers for you to reflect on. They might not all be relevant, but you might want to grab one or two. Let me let me say this. First one is this. Do we buy things for their usefulness or for their status? That, I think, calls out the control that things have over us. Do I buy this to wear it because of what everybody might think of me? Well, if so, it's like, hmm, kind of need to question that one. Second one, do we reject anything that creates an addiction in us? You know, we want to refuse to be a slave to anything but God. Simplicity is freedom, not slavery. So what behaviours or things control us, they're the things we want to call out and we want to stop, the addictions. I, I call myself every out every time I, I say, I have to. If I start using language like I have to, it's like, no, I don't. No, I won't. That's not that's not prioritising the kingdom. I have to have this. I have to do this. Do I? Really? Is that the life of simplicity that we're called to? The third one is this, develop a habit of giving things away. I think it's a really healthy habit. Don't just give away stuff because you're decluttering or, you know, you can't be bothered to go to the tip and it's like, I'm going to dump this on you. But, but Matthew 10 verse 8 is so liberating, liberating because it leads to freedom rather than slavery. It says, give as freely as you've received. We people that give away, we give away the things of the kingdom. What is it that we can create and develop a habit of giving away? The fourth one is that we f refuse to have the current culture dictate our lifestyle. I need, 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 want, 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 more, more, more. It's like, hold on, the principle of Jesus is Matthew 10. Don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, no silver, no copper coins. Don't carry a traveller's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. We want to be ready to trust him and to be led by him rather than weighed down and held back by the next thing and the next thing that ends up controlling and dictating our lifestyle and our behaviours. You know, don't get me wrong, we, we have things, we personally have things, I have things, I, I love gadgets, that's how my mind works, I'm not saying we don't have things, I'm saying obsessions, compulsions and controlling things is dangerous. We're called to be a generous people that seek first the kingdom of God, not the latest, the biggest and the best. We're, we, we don't want to be controlled by things. Romans 8, 9, you're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. We want to be controlled by Him not by us or things or whatever it might be we want to step into simplicity. The fifth one, this. We enjoy things and we can enjoy things without necessarily having to own them. We don't have to just have something because somebody else does. We can enjoy them by, by living through or seeing or being part of. Don't always have to own stuff. I think it's a great principle for simplicity. The sixth one, develop a deeper appreciation for creation. Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its people belong to him, for, they, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and he built it up on the ocean's depths. We find him in creation. It's so good for us. I know what refreshes and replenishes me. I often have to be around water or ocean. I love being outdoors and discovering and seeing something more of God. You know, on an evening walk with Sophie, we often would talk about the sky and the stars and the moon. And we, we marvel. We seek to marvel and seek to find more of the Father. And we find it in the simplicity of creation, which actually leads us to understand him in his complexity. The seventh one is this, we reject adding to simplicity. 
Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But so so much so often we, we add stuff. We always just want to add. We add and we inflate and we exaggerate and stuff becomes then half-truth. And we miss the fullness of what could be if we just stuck with the simplicity. The eighth one, and this is this is the final one I'll mention now, but we reject anything that breeds opposition in others. I've said it before, but my brother is never my enemy. The enemy is the enemy, and we want to keep it that way. In a world of comparison and competition, of more, 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 I've got to have, you need, I, you, I've got, you haven't got. That's that's not what we're called to. We're called to 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 kind of to each other we're called to fight for unity and we've got to fight for it to think of the best to seek the best to call out the best in each other and the people of this city to reject the silly stuff we want to stick to the simplicity rather than the the mess of everything else now we could go on and go on and go on but what is it for you are there a couple of things that you could grab hold of in that create your own list of how you might live in greater simplicity create find and reflect on maybe one or two things that it might be what what principle will you put in place to ensure that you seek first the kingdom that we live free that we live simply abandoned to the will and to the purposes of god in freedom rather than in slavery i hope that's helpful to you this morning let's just, let's just pray father god i just want to welcome you you know in your own homes in your own spaces just turn your time and attention to the lord now lord come in power come and land what you want to land on us this morning come and speak to us some of you you, you probably want to close your eyes don't be distracted by the moment let's just reflect on the presence of god i, I um lord welcome you speak to us your servants are listening. We breathe you in and we breathe out the, the things of the world. I think that, that picture of the chain will have spoken to some of you. You feel knotted and it's too complex. I, I want to knock that off you. That isn't, that isn't true. Seek first again the kingdom. Eyes on Jesus. I think some of you in this time have felt flat. Just there's a lethargy about it. I want to release you from that. I think some of you've got just a moment of caught in there, like you kind of that fill the barn mentality I was talking about, and he's calling you to a, a, a new way of living, a, a simplicity, and releasing what you have rather than holding what you have. I feel there's somebody, um, you've got a I don't know if it's a pain or a blockage in your nose. If that is you, I'd look, could you get in touch? I'd love to just know that because I think there's some other stuff that the Lord wants to release if that's you. But I think um, I just want to pray physical healing over you. You might want to reach out to some people around you, some people in small groups or getting on the chat, WhatsApp, email, whatever it is to say, could, could you pray for me? Because I've got that. There might be other physical things. Let's not tire of reaching out to allow people to reach in. Some of you, I feel like you've started to lack belief in others. It's almost like a cynicism and a negativity and a just a really. <laughs> but look at them. It's, we don't. We don't want to be that. Like, come and be released from that mindset. Some of you, I think, this morning, uh, the Lord just wants to speak in about pride. Pride is really just self-belief. 
and I think he wants to come us to come to the realization we can't he can but he can't until we allow him just feel as well um you know with the the story of the prodigal son there's the um the elder brother mentality just feel like some of you the enemies tried to grip you with um seeing what others have or how they're living or what god's doing in them and it's almost like um i didn't have that that wasn't how it was for me they've got it a bit easier i've had it harder or whatever it might be or they're got feels like they've got this level of favor or just feel the lord just wants to call that out before it takes root in you and for you to fall afresh before him and say i'm i'm not having that seed or hook mm. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Would it be so on you this morning? We pray for you, we bless you. We leave you some music playing now as you reflect afresh on Jesus. Bless you.